It's 768 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. John Landis, Blues Brothers. I have there it is. Dan, thoughts. <laughs> uh, long movie. Just get right into it. Long movie. We we had to watch it in two parts. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I forgot that it is two and a half hours long. Se- second half was way better. Well, um, yeah. they could they could easily cut back some of the some of the stuff in the first part they could have cut out a half an hour of that at least i was realizing as we were watching it like most comedies aren't two and a half hours long like a lot of movies made these days are two and a half hours long because they need to feel like self-important okay and like epic or something like that and then i realized well blues brothers isn't really just a comedy it's a comedy it's a musical it's an action movie and they really lean on the musical side of things. Yes. Like every song is let played out in its entirety. Yes. Even though they're not like original songs to the film, they're 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 for the most part like classic blues pieces. Uh, but they're still played in full every single time. There's that one bit where they're trying to recruit their uh, guitarist and saxophone player, and. Uh, 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 the uh, the think number with Aretha Franklin. Yes, uh, at the soul food restaurant. Yes. But before they actually get into the restaurant, they play out the entirety of "Boom Boom" by John Lee Hooker. And yes, th- on the they street. Just spend like three, four full minutes just driving around, listening to 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 Johnny Lee Hooker, uh, and just like appreciating the music, which. Uh, I really did think that, like, they they really do... You can tell that the people that made this movie just had a very deep love of the the musicianship craft, there, I think. There, uh, there, yeah, there was a mm-hmm. sincere appreciation for, for the blues music mm-hmm. um, because... And the, the artists that they picked uh, were top they're oh, yeah. the top oh, yeah. the top artists and they the, they put them in the film and they were you know uh, all alive and yeah. and still performing well from what i was reading the only person who was really working at that time was ray charles okay um from from what i could tell online like aretha franklin and uh and everybody else were in a bit of a career slump at the time and the studio wanted more modern acts in there and Dan Aykroyd and John Landis had to fight for Cab Calloway, Aretha Franklin, uh Johnny Lee Hooker and uh, uh and James Brown and the like. Uh, yeah, I these these are, <laughs> these are the best of the best. Oh yeah. And Cab Calloway it's interesting because that's a 
that's music of my father's time. Oh, my yeah. father will tell you, well, if wow. he could, uh, <laughs> when, when he could, <clears throat> he would tell you um, the times he saw Cab Calloway uh, in, at dance halls in Philadelphia mm-hmm. in the 30s and 40s. Well, I, I even <clears throat> said during the movie um, that when they were recording uh, uh, for the film uh, Minnie the Moocher, that year was actually the 50th anniversary okay. of meeting the Moocher. Okay, so 1930. So, yeah, 1930. Yeah. So it's, it's, they, they really did pull like the legends for this yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, to get James Brown, to get Aretha Franklin, uh, John Lee Hooker, they're, they're just the best of the best. It's John, not Johnny. Why do I keep saying Johnny? Whatever. That's easy. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So, like, and Cab Calloway. I mean, yeah, these are uh, these are classic, classic now, people. So, this started as an act on Saturday Night Live. Did you have any like real uh, uh, connection with them, or did you watch Saturday Night Live nah. at the time, or did you know of them before the film? Or? Um, I, I I was a fan. Well, they, Saturday Night Live started out in what 74, 76, 75. I want to 75. Say, yeah. And Dan Aykroyd and, so, and uh, uh, John Belushi were on the original cast. So. Um, I watched it in college, and then out of college, I didn't watch it as much. So I wasn't. I mean, I remember when you the graduated blues, in seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, mom. Mom, if you could talk right at that circle, that right would be at great. that circle. Right, I'm going to turn the gain up because you can hear me just fine. Okay. Uh, okay. Right, so I, I can remember watching the just episode. Get right live. up in there. Right up in there. I can remember watching the episode live. Okay. Speak so up just a little bit more. It was, there you go. Okay, it Talk was normal. it was the season opener of SNL. Okay. And well, of course we didn't call it SNL then. It was Saturday Night Live. And it showed what they did on their summer vacation. And Garrett Morris do you know those jockey statues that? Oh no! No, he did. That's what, that's what he. That's did. what he did what? during the that's summer. That's what he did. In the he was summer. a lawn he was jockey. A model. He was a model for the lawn, for the lawn jockey. jockey. Speak directly at okay. the microphone. He was a. I can remember his because it was like, what? He was a model <laughs> for a, a jockey, and okay. I can't forget what the ladies did. I I don't remember what the ladies did, but then the Blues Brothers. They showed them what they did on their summer vacation. You know, what Dan Aykroyd did. And, and John Belushi. And it was the Blues Brothers. And they formed a band. Oh, yeah. MJ. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. Okay. And uh, uh, I believe you also saw them live. Well, then, so okay. that was September or October. Okay. And then the following summer is when I saw them. Okay. So that would have been like, what, 70? Seven, eight? No, I would think more 76, 77. Okay. I was driving by that time, so it must have been 77. <laughs> it must have been 77. And you, you had said that they had uh, recruited people to Oh my gosh, that, yeah. it, was so, it was so funny. Well, so, so the lights go down, and all of a sudden, all these Philadelphia police officers... Right up into the mic. All those Philadelphia police officers line the Dell... Um, which is now the Man Music Center, and they just like they play the man. They just lined everywhere, the lawn seats and all, all around. And so then they come out, and of course they they do that their theme song. Right. uh, Okay. Can't turn you loose. Yes. Um, And 
John Belushi. Now it was Dan Aykroyd that thanked the good men and women of the Philadelphia Police Force. Okay. And, and, you, and John Belushi. He did his his at the mic. He he, he actually performed flips. Oh, he did right across okay. the stage. Boom, okay. boom, boom, boom. Okay. Yeah, so so Dad, fun. during the film when he did a couple of his flips, Dad was doubting the. Uh, the reality of uh, well, you of, can tell when a stunt person comes in, and and you know what, uh, a large amount of cocaine will allow you to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about because well, that's what he died of. Because yeah, yeah because uh, John Belushi was known to be a a user. And yeah, done with me? Uh, I, yeah. I, unless you have any other a, Blues Brothers, it insights? was a really great. It was a good show. A really All great right. show. I'm going to look it up, see if I can find any. Hello, everyone. This is Harrison. Later in the future. Uh, I wasn't able to find the concert that Mom was talking about. However, I did find uh, evidence of the Blues Brothers performing at the Tower Theater in Upper Darby, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in 1980. That doesn't mean that Mom is a liar. It just means that they performed multiple times in Philadelphia, which that's kind of fun. But I did find an excellent article that you might be interested in that goes really in-depth in oral history. Uh, of sorts on musicoholics.com. It is by Alva Yaffe, uh, the real Blues Brothers, colon, the untold story behind the band and the film. I will put a link to that in the episode description. And back to the show. Yeah, no, this was, uh, speaking of cocaine, <laughs> this was, I'm pretty sure, uh, the only film to have cocaine directly uh, factored into the budget of the movie, specifically for night shoots, because they did a lot of night shoots. Um, But yeah, no, it's uh, 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 John Belushi was constantly late to set and constantly high or drunk or hungover. Hold on, some some, um, necessary things, household necessary things. Uh Uh-oh, okay. These are all... Tribute bands. I'm going to have to look it up later, but yes. So, yeah. So, cocaine factored directly into the budget. Literally everyone was using it. Uh, uh, I believe Dan Aykroyd and Carrie Fisher were dating at the time. No kidding. And, yeah, uh, it's it's such a... Like, the making of this movie, the, on the DVD uh, uh, that we watched, there is, like, a two-hour-long documentary just about the making of wow. this movie. That might be fun to from, watch sometime. It's, uh, I've, I haven't seen it in years, but it's absolutely buck wild. They do from the making of the script, which Dan Aykroyd turned in a... It was his first-ever screenplay, so he wrote, like, an over-300-page-long draft... Written, not like a script, but written as like free verse poetry almost, and turned it into the studio disguised as a phone book. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, John Landis apparently had to take like an axe to it and took two weeks to cut it down to something that made sense and could be filmed as a movie. Uh, but it's it's like uh, you were asking how many cars I had my phone. How many police a... cars were were smacked up? All right, so uh, because they they <clears throat> they kept smacking up do- a dozen police cars each crash, <laughs> and yet there were still two dozen police cars chasing them. So there's plenty of car chases throughout the movie itself, but the final set piece of the film, um, I was keeping an eye on the clock. And the car chase started at 6.09 p.m. 
and ended like the Bluesmobile fell apart finally in in Chicago at uh 6:22. Okay. So it was, you know, a 13 minute long car chase, but over the course of the film, uh, apparently 103 cars oh were wrecked, and that it was a world record. Wow. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, that was broken two years later for the film The Junk Man, which I have never heard about or seen, uh, wrecking 150 cars and a plane. And that record held until The Matrix Reloaded, which wrecked over 300 cars. Oh, my God. But, like, part of what I really love about this movie is that almost every single stunt or stunt driving or whatever was done practically. Uh, there's obviously no CGI or anything like right. that. And the only time that they really used anything that weren't real cars, like, they were really doing 110, 115 miles per hour in downtown Chicago. And uh, for a couple of those shots, they actually had to reshoot and include a couple of pedestrians so that you could tell it wasn't sped up or altered at all. But the one, well, one of two fake things they did was that shot where they're being chased by... (laughs) It's weirdly prescient how this movie is to the modern day in a couple of ways. They get chased by Nazis... Right. They get chased by the Illinois Nazis. And um, that shot where the Bluesmobile pulls into reverse and then flips end yeah. over end, that was actually a, like, one-sixth the size car miniature okay. that they used to flip at over, end over end. And if you visit Dan Aykroyd's car collection, uh, I believe that's actually part of his collection. Okay. Because Dan Aykroyd is a lunatic and collects cars for real. And Didn't you, know that. And you look at if you look at his filmography, the Bluesmobile, the Ecto One, the 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 newer versions of the Ecto One from all of the other Ghostbusters movies, he owns them all. He has. Oh he man. Ha- yeah. He sweet. He <clears throat> loves cars. Uh, it's it's and and Dan Aykroyd. Oh my God. There's you know of his vodka, correct? The Crystal Head Vodka? Yes. Okay. So, when I first heard about it, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Because, you know, it's Dan Aykroyd. It's right. my childhood hero, blues brother, Ghostbusters, etc., etc., etc. And there's a video... Uh, uh, when when the Crystal Head Vodka was first announced, you would go onto his website, and he would... There was like an eight-minute-long video describing uh, the, the wonder of Crystal Head Vodka and how it's triple distilled through diamonds instead of coal. And like 30 seconds into the video, you think, oh, it's Dan Aykroyd. He's got a funny, creepy vodka. This is great. And then six minutes into it, you realize, oh, he really thinks all of this is real. And he (laughs) thinks that this vodka will actually give you the ability to contact the dead. So Dan Aykroyd is a very special Interesting. Uh, flavor of human being. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's absolutely buck wild. So uh, the the and then so for when the the Nazis uh, station wagon is plummeting past the Chicago. Yes, they actually got special permission to drop the car. They couldn't do it in downtown Chicago. Obviously, they had to film it as a kind of like. 
on the city limits. So if you look directly below, you can see like construction sites yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's what it below looked them. like. Some, yeah. yep. But they actually did drop it from a mile up. And oh my God. The, the city of Chicago was terrified that it was going to act as like a wind foil and sail, okay. like drift uh, into, you know, uh, um, uh, residential neighborhoods. But no, it just plummeted it straight like, down. It looked like it went pretty, yeah. pretty straight down. It, yeah. it legitimately yeah. did just plummet yeah. straight yeah, and um, there's they're supposed to be driving off an unfinished highway, yeah. the 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 open end of an unfinished highway. So, I mean, what that's going to be like 10, 20, 30, yeah. 40, 50 feet from the ground, and then you see this car dropping from some ast- astronomical height, hundreds and hundreds of feet. Yeah, in the air. and it's um, like, well, who the heck? Is, what, what kind of highway is this? <laughs> well, one of my favorite things about this movie in general is that, like, it just plays on like the razors which with one or two exceptions it plays on like the razor's edge of believable and unbelievable like they keep saying throughout the movie that they're on a mission from god yes and you really do get the idea that god is helping them in very small weird ways okay it just plays on that razor's edge of reality and supernatural uh, which yeah. i quite like but like there's that one it's it's less of a impressive stunt but they're coming up out of the underground uh tunnels and a cop car pulls up right at the yes. uh, uh, apex of the 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 road and the bluesmobile just sails yeah straight like over it. like and the next cop car to come along just plows directly into yeah, the cop car. Yeah, it's like and so. So <laughs> there was some. Yeah, there was some. Uh, and, and Jake and Elle would even like share a quick glance with one another, as if they don't believe it either yeah. that they're getting away with all of this. Uh, did you have any favorite moment or song? Or? Uh, lots of the songs uh, were good. Um, all the songs were good. Um, let me think. Let me think. Uh, John Lee Hooker was really good. And uh, oh, um, James Brown. James, oh, Brown. James Brown is always fabulous, and the fact that he's the preacher in the <laughs> church uh, and gets the whole congregation up and nuts and stuff—that um, was just insane. It was a uh, um, good performance. Good performance. Oh my god! Yeah, and of course they had obviously some people uh, using a trampoline or something, <laughs> flying and. Flipping in the that, air. That was the one sequence in which they used uh, professional dancers. Okay. Um, uh, to to achieve some of those stunts. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, I was reading somewhere online. Apparently, like I said earlier, uh, James Brown in particular was experiencing a career slump during this time. It, it keeps and, you. Can, I mean, you're the, these people are the, at the top. The if you listed some blues or soul performers uh, there's the list would start with like James Brown or John Lee Hood there <laughs> right. and yeah. anyone else would be lesser uh, you know it's, so i don't know how, how can they be in a slump i you know careers have ups and downs we're well, looking yeah. at it from the modern day of 2020 and like we can pick out like I'm sure, you know, it, it's viewed as just a block of great stuff. But I'm sure, like, every artist has a couple of years where there's okay. no, no records or anything. But James Brown in particular said that after this movie came out, he was suddenly um, performing to bigger crowds than he ever had before and more 
racially diverse crowds, okay. as in more white people were okay. actually attending his okay. shows. So it, it's, uh, I was... Just well, that's, ever- that's like you and I going to see B.B. King oh my God. in the when concert. Was that? that was like 2002? Yeah. What? And uh, uh, we were... the min- like in clear- we, Yeah, like in Trenton, we were clearly the minority at, at the, in that uh, <laughs> yeah, show. I, I did enjoy that. Like, we were like... Just you know, father and son, the only white people yeah. in the building. Yeah, out of a out of like a thousand, fifteen hundred people. I, it's I absolutely love it. Like that was an amazing show too. Yeah, just yeah. thinking about it. Like, well, BB King is also, oh, um, you know, the the list goes below well, him. Uh, um, BB King does show up in the sequel, Blues Brothers Two Thousand. Oh no, kidding! Which I'm. I don't want to subject you to. No. Because it was made in 1998. John Belushi was extremely dead by that point. (laughs) And if you look over the movie, it's literally just the same plot. Same stuff. Same stuff again. Instead of Nazis, it's Confederates. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Right? How buckwild prescient is the Blues Brothers for the year of 2020, 40 years later? Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely bug nuts. But yeah, BB King sells uh, uh, L. Wood a new junked old police car, <laughs> and the one joke from it that I really do appreciate, he Dan Aykroyd, oh sorry, Elwood Blues, he's trying to put a band back together, right? You know, same plot as this movie, but obviously Cab Calloway has died. Yep. So he tracks down what is purportedly the son of Cab Calloway's character, who okay. is the local chief of police. Oh, of course. And he's and and Elwood is visiting that guy and he taps Elwood's name into the computer database and just these little pings start popping up of all of the things that Elwood has been arrested for in crimes. And it just keeps going ping, 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 ping. ping. Like throughout the next five minutes of conversation, it does not stop. And, <laughs> and the guy has to like shut off his computer eventually. That's like the one joke that I think really holds up. Okay. Also, John Goodman's surprisingly good singing voice. They recruit John Goodman. Oh, okay. As a new in blues place brother. of uh, yeah. John Belushi. Uh, yeah. But it's a pretty good singer. Please don't spin the fidget spinner on the table that the microphone is connected to. It just makes this... I'm going to have you listen back to this show, and it makes this horrible noise. I wouldn't I'm listen sorry. to this show yeah, for, I know you for don't. Any, any reason. <laughs> I didn't uh, know John uh, Goodman. They put John, John Goodman in. Yeah, I didn't John realize Go- that. Well, it's, it's another one of those things. We talked about this a bit on the Godzilla episode, but... I became obsessed with the Blues Brothers after seeing the 1998 crappy sequel. Oh, no kidding. Like, I got really into the 97, 98 Godzilla. Right. Not realizing that it was the crappy off-brand remake of the... And then Blues Brothers, same thing. Like, no wonder why I, you know, liked the the movie. It was just a crappier version of a movie I hadn't seen. Right. Um right down to them performing a country music set in the middle of they do ghost riders in the sky oh no kidding yeah and it's it's just that's good it's oh no that's yeah, like, good the music is great because the, the the music is the whole key to the entire okay thing and if i'm remembering correctly uh, i'm gonna have to look this up but the band they do a battle of the bands yeah there we go okay so they perform against a band called the Louisiana Gator Boys, which is a fictional <laughs> band 
for Blues Brothers 2000. And I'm just going to read down the names on the list. And you tell me when you every time you recognize a name. Jeff Skunk Baxter on the guitar. Gary U.S. Bonds on vocals. Yeah, I recognize yeah. him. Yeah. Eric Clapton on vocals and guitar. No kidding. Yeah, Clarence Clemens. Vocals, no kidding. Tenor, saxophone, tambourine. Yeah. Uh, Jack DeJohnette on drums. Bo Diddley. Wow, okay. John Faddis. Uh, Isaac Hayes. Wow. Dr. John. Wow. B.B. King. Wow. Tommy Pipes McDonald. Charlie Musselwhite. Wow. Billy Preston. Lou wow. Rawls. Wow. Joshua Redman. Paul Schaefer. Uh-huh. Coco Taylor. Travis Tritt. Okay. Jimmy Vaughn. Okay. Grover Washington okay. Jr. Willie Weeks. Okay. And Steve Winwood. It, wow. I know. They got flipping everybody, and it's such a bad movie. That's worth it just to it's, see the, the music. Well, I I kind of don't want to cover it, but yeah, it, the performances, well, the musical yeah, performances. We yeah, we won't. Yeah, that, yeah, I just like to see. Well, I'm sure you can probably get the movie clips on uh, oh, YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just look up the, the, the musical performances. They're all pretty, pretty fantastic. The movie itself is okay. garbage, but this movie... Is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, it, it, I've got notes all over the place. Uh, let's see. The Chicago Police Department gave support and allowed the uh, production to use genuine insignia and markings. Wow, okay. When the film came out, the Chicago Police Department saw how they were portrayed and refused to allow any other production to uh, such a right for decades until the Chicago Code in 2011. So they, they didn't. Pl- they, well, you know, they they were just like the typical, you know, uh, the bad bad guys are the good guys, and the cops are a little bumbling, and yeah. and uh, you know, but so okay, okay. It's, they should yeah, have gone along with it. Yeah, well, I guess they were uh, a little crankier about things. Well, I mean, also think about how uh, cops are so uh, cranky. Yeah. Uh, today. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Blue about their lives their my image. Ass. Yeah, God damn it. Uh, it complete side tangent. Last weekend, I took a little vacation in Ocean City, New Jersey. Right. And, you know, for the most part, everybody was wearing their masks. Everybody was social distancing as best as they could. But, like, there are, you know, the, the, the odd police on uh, patrol on the boardwalk in Ocean City, New Jersey. And the cops are... All white. They couldn't have been above drinking age. <laughs> like, okay. I'm looking at them and I'm just like, you're a junior in high school at yeah. most. And I just, I was trying to shovel a giant slice of pizza into my mouth and just enjoy the view, really. And beside me, there, like you know, you know, ten twenty feet to my left, there's a couple of police officers, and this extremely waspy woman runs up to them and takes a selfie, and instead of having them say cheese, has them say justice. Oh, like, oh yeah, I am gonna get arrested if yeah. I say anything. Yeah, that's oh no, gag me. Oh god, gag me with a maggot. This blind love of authority I, I don't understand it so i can only assume that when <laughs> when the chicago police the illinois state police 
the uh, U.S. Army, the, mount, <laughs> the, the 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 mounted police, the uh, the 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 boat police, yeah, uh, two police helicopters, a tank, uh, SWAT teams. I feel like I'm missing something, but <clears throat> holy God, there were a lot of military personnel. Oh, the fire department. And the fire also. department, yeah. There were also at least two fire trucks. Uh, but There like, had to be hundreds. Ah, hundreds hundreds after uh, chasing them. Um, but when they're all piled up in the plaza uh, towards the end of the movie, it's just like, oh yeah, all of these people can't catch two guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, there's, and this occurred to me last week. When after we had discussed uh, uh, doing this episode, side note: we're not doing mom's episode because dad is still in town this week. That's so right. We'll we'll have to do um, uh, Stairway to Heaven some other time. But there's a line just as the Blues Brothers reach Chicago city limits, spoken by I'm pretty sure an actual police dispatcher in the most deadpan, wonderful voice possible. That. Strikes yeah, very yeah, differently yeah. today. Yeah, it's it's different today. It's, yes, it's hilarious in context of the movie, right. but today you're like, oh no, it's very like, the guy delivers it. The use of unnecessary violence in the apprehension of the Blues Brothers has been approved. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> oh no, yeah. like you know, like <clears throat> like that's even got to be mentioned anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like that's literally what we're fighting against yeah. right now. Yep. Although the grand joke is, I guess, that they're doing this to catch two, you know, yokel white boys who front a blues band. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, I think I was kind of insulted by this when I was like 14 and thought that the Blues Brothers were the end-all, be-all yes. of music. Right. Uh, but you having actually known a thing or two about blues, uh, blues music, we're like, no. No, they're not. Yeah, it was a yeah, it's a uh, gimmick, uh, <laughs> a flash in the pan. Uh, uh, the boys really couldn't sing. At, the at, performance was comedic and, I, at and best, entertaining. I think they're charming frontmen. Yeah, to an excellent yeah. musical group because all of the guys in the Blues Brothers well, yeah. band, they're actually all legit like studio musicians. Yeah, your stuff. your band can be you know can be primo, yeah. uh, good session guys and stuff. But but the Blues Brothers, it was just a comedic. Uh, uh, thing all d- extremely well done oh, with yeah. two talented oh, guys, yeah. but they certainly did not have a blues career. No, well, no. I mean, they did have uh, at least two. Uh, I want to say they hit platinum selling records. Yeah, they so, did. Yeah. yeah, they sold, some, but again, um, because of the by novelty. people like me, the, exactly. yeah, the novelty of it. The, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I really do think, looking back, that this is an excellent example of these two white fanboys really just weaponizing their privilege as uh white male celebrities to bring to the forefront this uh, uh predominantly black genre uh when you when you that's just me that's yeah i don't know how well know. it's it's yeah it's got uh, deep roots yeah. in 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 the uh, black music well, uh, like i said um, they also community. Like, they fought for yeah. Uh, uh, Cab Calloway, yeah, uh, the James, yeah, and uh, uh, Brown. In the last couple uh, decades, um, you know, you can pull a lot of uh, top line uh, white performers out, but but the roots really uh, oh, in yeah. the in the thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, 
I'm not an expert, but you know, it's clearly um, has uh, deep roots in the black yeah. Uh, culture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, their their fanboy uh, was fully on display, I think. But uh, I think I don't think I have too many other notes. Oh yeah, here we go. This is just a big uh, Universal kept pressuring John Landis to replace. Cab Calloway, Aretha Franklin, they wanted like a modern act like Rose Royce. I don't even know who Rose Royce is. I've heard of them, but Okay. Yeah. But they're not you know, they're not top top bill. Uh such changes would have contradicted much of the ASOP behind the movie to give respect and attention to the blues, jazz, and R and B's rich history and traditions. Yes. Uh, which were being neglected as new trends in music which are emerging and blah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Oh god, the shopping mall! They, they really <laughs> did, driving through the they shopping really mall. They really did find an abandoned mall, and they worked out a deal with all of the retailers. Uh, the retailers would accept uh, and refund the money for any undamaged property wow. that was returned. So they were trying very hard, I think, despite appearances, to not damage too much stuff. Well, they, they trashed the building. Oh, well, the building <clears throat> was set to be, uh, uh, well, it was abandoned yeah. anyway at okay. the time. I don't think it was uh, demolished until like 15, 20 years later. But they got lucky, this ramshackle old mall just outside and all of the uh, product placement that went with it. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to mention or talk about? Or? Uh, music was great. A lot of the chase scenes, absolutely uh, fabulous. The uh, I'm a big fan of SNL people, especially the the original oh, yeah. guys, and so terrific classic music or mu- movie. I mean, uh, could have been uh, trimmed down a little bit in the beginning, <laughs> um, but so what? Yeah, it does break pretty cleanly into two separate acts, like an hour and fifteen, an hour and fifteen. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, I think that's about anything. Uh, anything, everything. Um, what would you like to the, watch next week? Do you want to keep going with like a uh, an SNL bend? Do you want to try something a little bit different and more action oriented? Uh, What's uh, SNL? Well, what do you got um, suggestions? I I remember suggestions from you folks. Yeah. Uh, uh, unless you're, uh, I think you're all brain dead listening to us. Well, it's not SNL, but um, it's it's very it's a different. Uh, contemporary subset of comedians have you ever seen this is spinal tap no okay that's a that's a mockumentary about touring heavy metal musicians you you would probably get a kick out of that we'll we'll work on that Uh, as you were very shocked that i had never seen stripes oh yeah would you like to give stripes a try stripes is awesome you were it's very entertaining well from uh, from my memory but uh, that's fair yeah yeah with uh uh, Bill Murray and uh, Harold Ramis. Ramis. Yep. Yes, Bill yep. Murray and Harold Ramis. Yes, yeah. and they they make a good uh, team. Uh, oh yeah, <clears throat> they do. Uh, it's a shame it uh, kind of fell apart with Groundhog Day, but as we uh, discussed on our Groundhog Day episode. Yes. Uh, so yeah, next week is Stripes, starring Bill Murray. Okay. Um, you can find me at HD Lickner on the tweets. Pod underscore Frank, also mm-hmm. on the tweets. Uh, that's I'm kind of neglecting that account, and I apologize, Dad. If you want to take us out, we lots lots to do out there in society. Uh, pitch in. Uh, remember, uh, people need help. Help everybody. Help 
help your neighbor, help your friends, help everybody, and love everybody. None of this hate bullshit. Uh, he may cut that, but it's bullshit anyway. I might bleep it. Yeah. Um, and uh, do something important and powerful with your lives, please. Peace. for the little girl the women how much for the women what you're a woman I, I i want to buy your women the little girl your daughters sell them to me sell me your children <laughs>